Hello everyone, Konnichiwa. This is Carl Anime Scholar. This podcast is designed to make your anime manga life better. I'll explain the meaning of the Japanese language, the culture background, and intentions of the creators and animators, and everything for those who don't speak Japanese. I wanna know more about my favorite anime and manga. I wanna understand the author's intentions. Oh, I wish I could understand Japanese. I'm gonna make this podcast for you, the overseas fans who feel the same. If you listen to this while watching anime or manga, you can enjoy it 120%. This is the concept of Carl's channel. After one week break, Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 239 has finally been released. In the last chapter, Yuji and Higuruma appeared in front of Sukuna, and we thought their final battle would start. But that's not the case. Gege-sensei presents a different story in this chapter, focusing on Kenjaku. This chapter centers on Kenjaku in Iwate Prefecture, with Takaba showing up to confront him. Many of us might have wondered, What's going on? I certainly did. However, there are some amusing and intriguing events in this chapter that I'll explain in this podcast. I will discuss who is the lady with bald hair, missing translation, Takaba's humorous movements. This discussion will be divided into three parts covering pages 1 to 6, 7 to 15, and 16 to 19. Let's get started. Page 1 to 6. Chapter 239 starts with a raw haired lady running in Iwate Colony. There is a comment from editor saying, Shinjuku Kessen Dogoku, Rorugami Ojo Sama Hashiru. In English, it translates to the same time as the Shinjuku battle, raw haired lady run. In Japanese, she is referred to as Ojo Sama. Do you know what it means? This is not just any lady. Ojo-sama, a formal Japanese term that literally means young lady, is typically used in anime to describe wealthy high-class female characters. For example, Ai-chan from Crayon Shin-chan or Sumire from Sakura Wars are typical examples of Ojo-sama characters. According to Gege-sensei's comments in this week's Weekly Shonen Jump. This lady was originally intended to appear from chapter 1. So she could be Yuji's classmate or something of the sort. The most memorable scene in this part is Kenjaku's car spirit. It resembles Kalshpur from Howl's Moving Castle. Kalshpur is a fire spirit, but this one appears to be a water curse. The standout feature of this curse is its ability to exist in a gas, solid, or liquid form, I believe. Moreover, if you strike it while it's in solid form, you can brainwash the affected person. How useful. Page 7 to 15. From page 7, Hazenoki makes an appearance. Kenjaku offers him friendship with conditions. You must never bore me. You must be my equal. Kenjaku's way of asking for friendship is quite psychopathic. 
Kenjaku and Hazenoki watch Gojo and Sukuna's battle together. Kenjaku remarks, looking good, when he sees Gojo's dying face. I believe a part of Gero's soul is manifesting in this scene. These words sound like him. Hazenoki was expecting backup, but it won't happen. Kenjaku is monitoring Shinjuku, allowing him to make a quick escape. He's not only checking curse energy in Shinjuku, but also observing it visually. This completely overcomes Gedo's old weakness. When he was at Jujutsu High, he couldn't visually observe things through his curse spirits. Gojo requested this before, but he declined, which is why he allowed Toji to enter the barrier. Additionally, as I mentioned on Twitter, there's a mistranslation on this page. When Kenjaku is explaining, a scale is depicted. This scale is meant to show us that Kenjaku is measuring the amount of curse energy. However, in English, it's labeled gravity. Why did this happen? It's due to the similarities between the Japanese words. In Japanese, it's written as judoku in hiragana, while gravity is written as judoku in Japanese. These words are quite similar, different by just one character. This likely led to the translator's mistake. Translation is indeed challenging, and while I don't blame the translator, I want to ensure you fully understand this chapter, so I'll explain it further. Kenjaku's purpose is mentioned again. He wants to witness what you haven't seen and receive confirmation that what you find interesting is truly intriguing. According to him, this is what life is about. He's quite the mad scientist, isn't he? Then Hazenoki's response differs a bit between Japanese and English. In English, he says, Beats me, you can't eat it for all I care. In Japanese, it's Shiraneyo, no which roughly translates to I don't care, just watch your own crap every morning. The Japanese version has more offensive tone and personally, I found it more ironic. And that's when Takaba makes an appearance. Page 16-19 Takaba came to Iwate and sing a song. He sings this song in Japanese. This song is from Hakodate no Onna, sung by Saburo Kitajima. Hakodate is a city in Hokkaido, but this place is in Iwate. So Takaba cracks a joke as soon as he arrives. Then Kenjaku attacks Takaba. He uses the same curse spirits as he did on Yuji during the Shibuya incident. However, it doesn't work. This is due to Takaba's technique. His technique allows him to manifest situations he imagines as funny into reality. On page 18, there is a parody of Kochikame. Kochikame is a legendary comedy manga in Weekly Shonen Jump. It's been published for over 40 years and has 200 volumes. 
The panel comes from when Kochikame collaborated with Dragon Ball for its 30th anniversary special. In the original scene, the main character, Ryotsu, received energy bullets from Frieza, but they didn't work. In this situation, Gege-sensei depicts Kenjaku as Frieza, and Takaba calls him Kusobozu in Japanese, which means fucking monk in English. He's simply called Monk in English version, but it's actually more offensive in the original Japanese content. On the last page of this chapter, Takaba and Kenjaku being a comedy routine. Their lines, Yononaka ne, kouhun suru koto ga ippa arimasu kedo, ichiban kouhun suru no wa, blah blah blah, and, machigai nai ne, are borrowed from a Japanese comedy duo, Sandwich Man. They use these phrases when starting a manzai, a traditional form of comedy where a duo entertains the audience through a comical conversation. In manzai, there are two roles. Boke, who intentionally says or does something funny, and the tsukkomi, who points it out. In this case, if they were sandwich man, Takaba would be the tsukkomi and Kenjaku would be the boke. Though in this situation, it's the opposite. Additionally, Sandwichman appeared in chapter 153 during Hakari's gambling arena scenes. Interestingly, Gege-sensei is from the same hometown, Sendai, as Sandwichman, which may explain the reference. This is quite amusing, and it hints that Takaba and Kenjak might continue with their comedy fight in the next chapter. I can't wait to see it. From here, I'm gonna talk about my thought about this battle. I think Takaba will lose. Why do I think so? There is one big reason. According to an interview, Gege-sensei said Takaba's weakness as a comedian will be pointed out by a certain character. This certain character would be Kenjaku. And now, what is Takaba's weakness? Almost all of his jokes aren't original. His costume is borrowed from Centerman, a Japanese comedian's character. And in this chapter, he uses jokes from Kochikame and Sandwichman. There's nothing truly original about his humor. And every original gag he's ever attempted fell flat. He wasn't a successful comedian before. If Kenjaku points out his lack of originality, Takaba will lose his confidence. Without confidence, he won't feel funny, and his technique wouldn't work. This is my prediction. After that, Yuta and Maki may step in to fight Kenjaku. That's my opinion. What's your thought? Please feel free to share your opinion. That's it for this podcast. How was it? I believe your understanding of chapter 239 has deepened. Stay tuned for more podcasts about Jujutsu Kaisen's anime, manga, and more. And please tweet with hashtag Kalpod if you have any comments or questions. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>